Namaste, namaskaram, vanakam, namo namaha, jai ganesh. Please visit our website at classicalyoga.org and there's a donate button if you'd like to help us out. Natural and self-created disasters. A Hindu perspective. It's a rainy morning here early at the ashram. Rain, sun, snow, sleet, hail. We quite obviously live in a world of multiplicity. There's a Hindu proverb, with one cut you make two pieces. In other words, in order to have creation, there is everything and its opposite. Pleasure, pain, sukha, dukkha, like and dislike, raga, devesha, sunny days, cloudy days, rainy days, placid days, violent weather events. So what do we do when natural disasters strike? How about self-created disasters? Let's focus first on the self-created disasters. And this will give us a better understanding, perhaps, of how to cope with the inevitable natural disasters. Karma is the Sanskrit Hindu understanding of the third law of motion, of cause and effect. Everything and its opposite. Karma Yoga is the understanding that through cause and effect, from a Hindu perspective, our actions and subsequent reactions all comprise an either advancement or retardation of the realization of our soul, which Hindus call the Atmana, not our mind, the Satchit Ananda, the pure inner essence of existence, consciousness, energy, sound and light and heat, which translates into the human emotion of ananda or bliss, satchit ananda. How Hindus define and experience the atmana. For remember that the definition of the Sanskrit Hindu, remember all of these words, are by definition Sanskrit, the ancient Arya or noble language of the Hindus, along with Tamil. The very definition of the Sanskrit Hindu word yoga is yuj atman brahman cha. To yoke yuj to one's atmana and brahman. Soul and soul source, if you will. But remember the English word soul or spirit, though incorporeal, has a different meaning than atmana. Soul or spirit also implies the mind and perhaps the feeling nature, the emotions, whereas Atmana is beyond the mind. Thank goodness. Learning how action and reaction works is a lifelong learning curve. If we take care of our physical body, chances are we'll have a healthy lifespan. Conversely, if we abuse the physical body, we can expect the opposite result. Same with our mind and emotions. 
This is understanding the natural law of cause and effect. However, what happens when something hits us out of the blue, so to speak, and we've been trying our best to do the right thing physically, mentally, emotionally, and socially, and something happens that seems to counter this natural law. In other words, when bad things happen to good people, well, this cliche causes one to think and realize that we are also immersed in an outer reality that we can't always control. There are natural circumstances, natural weather events that are really beyond our control. And when it comes to our personal life experiences, as Hindus, we understand that there's not just one life to live. In other words, samsara or reincarnation. So we may be actually experiencing the effects of something that happened not only decades ago, but perhaps a lifetime ago. We always have to keep in mind that there's different timing to this law of cause and effect. There are obviously immediate results of cause and effect. Stick your finger in a fire and it gets burned. And there are long-term effects of cause and effect. For example, someone who smokes will not instantly get lung cancer, but 20, 30, 40 years down the road, this is a serious possibility. So when bad things happen to good people, we may not always have been as good as we think. The mature solution, obviously, to negative dramas is not to continue doing the wrong thing, but always do the right thing. In other words, this too shall pass. All the religions of the world have their ethical codes of conduct. Obviously, individually, we want to take care of our body, mind, and emotions, but we are social creatures. When we form relationships, families, communities, the inevitable rules and regulations are just that. This is what helps us get along in our relationships, our families, our communities, the various religions of the world. And there's much in common. In the Hindu yoga dharma, we have many codes of conduct. One of them is the yamas and the niyamas. And we have both a modified code and a very serious code. Obviously, there are different ethical behavior patterns for different people and for different situations. For example, if one joins the military, there's a very different ethical code of conduct. So we have a modified code of the yamas and the niyamas and a more severe code that was detailed by the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali for Saivite Hindu renunciate yogis in training. And you can see our podcast on that in the eight broken limbs of yoga. However, let's just simply look at the modified code and you'll see there's a lot of similarities. So the first word is ahimsa, and that's the only Sanskrit word we'll use here in this modified code. Ahimsa means basically trying to be nonviolent. This doesn't mean we don't have confrontations. 
but we don't let those confrontations turn into a violent situation. Ahimsa. Next, we try to avoid anger. And notice this and others are states of consciousness. We're not angry right now. So therefore, it's a temporary state of being. We seek to avoid anger. We seek to discipline desires. Desires are important in life. But it's how we handle them. Discipline our desires. Avoiding drunkenness. In a way, we should drink of life. We should enjoy life. Just don't become drunk on life. This goes for sex, power, money, food. Do not steal. Very common. Avoid evil company. A Hindu proverb, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Do not lie. Do not lust. So a memorization technique is to misspell the word ad, A-A-D-D, -D, and then S-E-L-L, ad, sell. Ahimsa, avoid anger. Discipline desire, avoid drunkenness, do not steal, avoid evil company, do not lie, do not lust. And again, just to show a contrast, in the yamas of the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali, do not lust becomes absolute celibacy, brahmacharya. So the yamas are the restraints, the do-nots, if you will. The niyamas are the do's, the things that we seek to cultivate, niyama. And we can start the alphabet at the letter B and go to H. Be pure in body, mind, and speech. Seek contentment. Cultivate devotion. Educate yourself. Love your fellow person. Be giving. Be steadfast in hardship. And again, to show the contrast in the niyamas of the Saiva Hindu Guru Patanjali, devotion is about connecting to a Hindu deity, and especially to Shiva, Ishvara Pranidana. So with a little reflection, it's quite obvious that we, if we do the opposite of these Hindu ethical codes, yamas and niyamas, we're laying ourselves open for self-created disasters. For example, if we are violent, if we don't avoid anger, if we don't avoid drunkenness, if we steal, if we associate with bad company, if we lie and if we lust, if we're not seeking a purity in our body, mind, and emotions, if we're not contented, if we're not devoted, and devotion is the secret ingredient to life. Without devotion, we really don't become successful in anything that we do. If we don't educate ourselves, if we don't love our fellow person, if we're very greedy, not giving, and if we can't hang on in hardship, obviously we have self-created disasters. Taking personal responsibility for our lives, taking care of our body, mind, and emotions, our social interactions, awakens a certain inner sense of confidence, serenity, soulfulness, if you will. As one begins to exhibit more qualities of love and compassion, the cornerstones of life, the cornerstones of all religions, even though we may fall way short of these aspirations, 
we're seeking to have a more energetic life, a light full of more light, if you will, instead of darkness and depression, and a life of more inner contentment, satisfaction, love. Again, this is how Hindus define our inner essence or Atmana. It's a state of pure consciousness, pure energy, a light energy, sound energy, and also the inner state of love. And a little reflection shows that who does not want more energy in their life? And then what we do with that energy is vital. Who really wants to feel down and depressed? We seek to feel more light, to have more joy in our life. And who does not want to feel love and be loved and give love? Of course, as a young soul, if you will, we take the same inner essence of energy and misuse it to hurt people, hurt ourselves. We can blind people with light. And the love becomes a self-infatuation, a narcissistic, selfish love. With this inner stability, it helps us to go through the inevitable ups and downs of life. Absolute calm is not the law of the ocean. Again, we're born into this world of multiplicity, everything and its opposite. So what happens when the natural disasters occur? Is there a God somewhere punishing some and rewarding others? That may be a comfortable fantasy for some, but it appears to be just that. However, let's look at the reactions of some to these natural disasters. For the most part, most everyone steps up to the plate and tries to help one another. Of course, there are those few that take advantage of the situation. But do not these negative occurrences in life, these natural disasters, also bring out the best in humanity? Can this be the deeper understanding of all of the life experiences that we go through? That hard as they are to go through, and the longer we live, the more of these we see. There may be a mystical understanding here of an inner development of our soulful nature, if you will. Causing us all to realize that this is a temporary existence and there may be more than meets the eye. In the Hindu yoga religion, Hindu dharma, we sing a bhajan to Shiva, sada, lola, hara, three words, the truth, sada, of the swing, lola, of life, the duality of life the highs, the lows, the ups and downs, the good and bad, that inevitably befall all of us. There may be a deeper purpose. These experiences are helping to destroy, hara, our ignorance 
causing us to ultimately reflect on who we are from the inside. This is why Hindus say, Atma, Darshana, Paramo, Dharma. With all your very important duties or dharmas in life, the most important one is to realize, see if you will, Darshana, your soul, your Atmana, realize that we are the soul of love and light and energy with a temporary body, mind, and emotions, living through this outer drama of good and bad, joy and sorrow, like and dislike. So as humanity, we're all in this together, going through our myriad of experiences. We all need to develop a good and healthy passion for life. We should not be afraid of life. We should not be afraid of new experiences. We learn, we commit, we stick, we move on. Having passion for the many experiences in life will ultimately develop compassion. There is no compassion without passion. In other words, the longer we live, the more experiences that we have, both good and bad, we know what it feels like to go through these experiences, and hence we can feel for another when they're going through the same experiences, either good or bad. So through our passion for life, and hopefully it's a good, healthy passion, where we have first realized the law of karma, that the good passions will produce good results, for the most part. There's always extenuating circumstances. So this passion will develop compassion. So when we're in trouble, when others are in trouble, this should be our first response. Karuna, or compassion. We feel for what another is going through. Our second response is seva, or service. Now we step up to the plate and we help. Now in America, we recently had a devastating hurricane, Hurricane Eon, obliterated many of the towns on the southwest coast of Florida. And when these natural disasters happen, any rational individual first exemplifies compassion. Oh, we feel for them. Then the next step is to get to work. Seva, help. And many in many countries are very good at this. In America, we see clear examples of selfless service, compassion. In this recent disaster, immediately, people are providing funds. Crews are getting together from all over the United States to help out to help their fellow beings. This is the second step of save or service. Do what we can to help those in need. And the third step is vidya, or knowledge. After the dust settles, so to speak, now we reflect. We learn from the experience. Why did this happen? How could perhaps we have prevented it? 
What can we learn from the tragedy to perhaps mitigate further tragedies? But then the fourth step is Atmana, the ultimate question. When these tragedies strike, we have to realize that this is all part of the natural world of duality. Again, with one cut, you make two pieces. This world is a world of multiplicity, everything and its opposite. So we can live our life being tossed around by the dramas of life. Or we can stand firm and realize that there's perhaps a greater mystical understanding. Realizing that we are that inner essence of love and light and energy with a ever-changing body, mind, emotions, and world events. As important as our life is to us, and it is important, it's a relative importance. Think of the most famous people in the world who are now passed on. And their memories fade into the past. Think back on serious dramas and tragedies in your life. And the memory fades into the past. As we go through this eternal journey of all the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, I think it makes a great deal of sense to allow these experiences to cause us to take our outer life very seriously, but also as the impetus to go within and realize that there's maybe something else going on here. We're here to realize our ultimate inner nature as we Hindus would call it, the Atmana, this divine inner essence of Satchitananda, pure existence, pure energy, pure light, pure bliss, joy. It's temporarily inhabiting a body, mind, and emotions, and temporarily inhabiting this world. Why not make the best of it while we're here and try to do the right thing, understanding the natural law of cause and effect to Hindus, the understanding of the first yoga, karma yoga, as we try to do the right thing to bring all of our bodies together, physical, mental, emotional, and ultimately the soul body or the Atmana. So with this understanding, it helps us to navigate ourselves through this life, individually, and then collectively. When the natural disasters occur, exhibit the four qualities of karuna and seva and vidya, never forgetting atmana, compassion, service, knowledge, the realization of our inner essence. The Hindu Yoga Dharma, which is very ancient and complex, can be distilled down into three simple words, tat, tvam, asi, that thou art, meaning we are the Atmana, that which goes beyond the mind but is temporarily inhabiting a body, mind, and emotions. This Atmana of love and light and energy, om, this are we with emotions, mind, and body. 
Hopefully this will help all of us to go through the dramas of life and hold fast to that inner core, the inner reality of Tattva Masi. Om, peace, peace, peace. Shanti, shanti, shanti.